Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to Trundlebed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundlebed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundlebed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on iTunes, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. This is episode 109. Laura Ingalls Wilder Fandom Roundup, and the name of it is showing wrong, 2019. Uh, this is what went on during 2019 in Laura Ingalls Wilder Fandom, and I hope that you enjoy it. But before we get going on that, let's just do a quick batch of housekeeping. This is not doing a good show for the start of it. Okay. So, uh, I just want to let you know that if you want to be a part of the show, call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253 or toll free 1-877-633-9389. That's toll free one eight seven seven six three three nine three eight nine. Uh we also have the chat room open today and it's working, yay. So if you want to chat in you can also do that. And if you are ever wanting to reply to something that I did on here or on the YouTube channel or the blog or whatever, you can find me around on social media. And uh, especially I like Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, and I've really been working on getting my YouTube channel uh, more content. Uh, and I hope that you enjoy it. Now, in terms of what is coming up, uh, we ha- well, I'm going to do another episode um, fairly soon, hopefully in the next couple days. That's looking ahead in Laura fandom. Uh, This one uh, is always sort of a two-parter where I look behind this episode and look ahead on that one. And uh, there's some things that I am already excited about on 2020. So I hope that you tune in for that one as well. And we are once again going to have the Laura Ingalls Wilder birthday party. Now, uh, we had two dead years. Uh, One, because uh, technical issue, and uh, the other one, because I just was um, just back from Disney last year, and it just, I had too much stuff to catch up on. I was looking to maybe do a six-month out, and then that time was really busy, too. So basically, I missed two years, 
but we're coming back to do it. So if you have a Laura story or know someone who you'd really like to share it with everybody, uh, remember we always have it on Laura's birthday, which is this year on a Friday, and we'll do it Friday evening. And uh, be sure to let us know on that. And if you uh, don't want to actually talk on the air, you can also send me an email at info at Trundlebed Tales or, again, on social media. And with that, I think that is all our housekeeping. Yeah. Now, uh, this is sort of an anniversary uh, episode in a way. I normally try and get it done before the beginning of the year, but this was the very first episode I did. Go back and listen to episode one, and I am sick and didn't have my theme song and stuff yet. So uh, that is always an interesting episode, but I've been doing these for a while now. And um, I hope you enjoy them because I think it's always good to take a minute and look back at what happened during the year. And I like to start off with the home site and go through Uh, the news that I have about them. And then we've got some other things to go. Now, I'm not sure exactly how long we're uh, going to be talking for this episode. It could be something that goes longer. So uh, I uh, reserved more time than I will probably use. But we'll just see how it goes. Uh, When I talk about the home sites, I always like to go in the order Laura lived them. So that starts us off at Pepin. And this year, well, for the last couple of years, they have had a second speaker. I've been the, the main speaker, and then they've had somebody else come in. And uh, they ended up, actually, they had uh, asked for my suggestion about who to have. And the first one they did that for was Renee Grave. Um, she's got a Wisconsin connection. And she doesn't live there full-time anymore, but uh, she's got some family there, so it wasn't too hard to get her to come out, and she did some great stuff. And uh, she returned this year, was really popular, does an event with the kids in school, and uh, does signings. And uh, last time she did some more craft stuff than she had time to do this time. But uh, really enjoyed having her come. Uh, They have continued to have renovations of the museum. Now, for a long time, it was sort of your basic county museum. And things didn't move or change much. Even when they got the uh, addition, um, well, either one, the one with the... uh, that was the garage or the one that was the space in between, neither one of them really impact the story the museum was trying to tell very well. Uh, They just kind of got 
different things and shoved them in there. I don't think that was the initial plan, but that's basically what happened. Uh, the gift shop basically takes up the entire center area and uh, there's things that have changed in the uh, old garage space uh, more in the rest of the museum, but it, it, it really, it isn't like, you never got the feeling somebody sat down and said, okay, this is the story we're going to tell. And I would say that that is something they have been kind of struggling with lately. Uh, they had a change of uh, leadership. Uh, Kitty Latane, who used to do a fantastic job on the newsletter, just didn't have time to do it anymore. And that is disappeared, which is too bad because it was really one of the best newsletters. Um, and they've been moving some things around. Um, for instance, there was a mural that they got painted in the corner to go with the covered wagon. And it was uh, supposed to be when the Ingalls family was crossing the ice. And this year I went back and they have moved the wagon over to the other side of the room. So it really doesn't have any connection with that background anymore. But they have turned it into a walk-up exhibit. So they have packed it with things that you might see in a covered wagon. And there's a set of stairs so you can walk up and look. And they had a similar thing with a ramp at the Pony Express Museum down in St. Joe, Missouri. And when I stopped there, I thought, gee, I wish they had a thing like that at Alora Museum. So I'm glad to see that. But I think they're still working on it. So I would say that the museum, if you haven't been for a while, it's definitely worth a second look. But I think things are probably going to continue to change. I don't think they are in a settled position. Um, and I don't mean that museums need to be settled, but, but I think there's going to be a lot more moving around in the next few years, uh, more so than you, the turnover you would see normally at a museum. So that's going to be a continued issue. Um, and they're continuing to add new exhibits there, uh, and they're trying to focus a little bit more on things other than just Laura uh, in terms of they're trying to do a little bit more with the Weatherham School. They're trying to do a little bit more uh, with the boat that went down on Lake Pepin that was a really big deal. Uh, so, so they got more stuff, and it's definitely worth a stop. And I always recommend people to come to Pepin, if at all possible, do that during Laura Days, which we will talk about some changes to Laura Days on the next program, because that's all in the coming year. Now, Independence, um, I really haven't heard a lot of this year. They haven't done a whole lot in terms of other events. For a while, they were doing uh, quite a few smaller events during the year. 
they've kind of seemed to have let that go, or at least if they hadn't let it go, they had um, not advertised it. Uh, they had some pretty big plans, and I'm not sure how many of those plans are still operational uh, or not. They do have the replica cabin that wasn't 2019, it was 2018, which needed done. Um, and things just have been kind of quiet down there. Um, so I don't have a lot to say about independence. Uh, they still have prairie days. And I said this in my episode about uh, visiting Laura days. And I, I want to repeat it here. I have changed my longstanding advice. If you want to do if you want to win Little Miss Laura, I still think independence is probably your best bet. From what I've seen, there's the smallest number of girls participating there, which makes it uh, easier to win if there's fewer people to compete against. And I've long time said that. But looking at the Laura, Little Miss Laura event this year at Pepin, there were more kids, but there weren't nearly as many as there were the first couple years I went. And they are still set up as if they had that many kids. So there's three. You can do a little sister, and then you can do compete for Little Miss Laura for three years. And each one of those years has a separate Little Miss Laura, a separate second place, and a separate third place. So if you're okay with the second or third place, I think number-wise, you are now probably in a better place to get um, first, second, or third, one of them, at Pepin. So that is my, my new advice. So I, if you're really shooting for Little Miss Laura, after all, I still think independence is probably your best bet. Moving on. They went, family, of course, went back to Pepin. But since we've covered that, we're going on to Walnut Grove, Minnesota. And this was a big year for Walnut Grove. They had the 45th anniversary event of the Little House TV show. And uh, it was a huge event. I did not actually get a firm number this year on how many people showed up. But the last year, uh, it was... The last time they held an event, uh, it like tripled the population of the town. So it is a huge number of people. Uh, they had uh, different cast people. I mean, some of them were the same, but they had uh, the Carter family who sort of took over the focus of the show when Charles and Caroline left it for the last couple years, bought the literally bought the little house from Charles and Caroline on the TV show. And um, three of the four members of the, the Carter family were there. Um, and uh, it, it was, it was just a different group of people. So uh, that was nice. If you were looking to get autographs for cast, even if you had gone uh, the, on the 40th anniversary, you were getting a chance at some other people this time. They also got 
a cast photo of the it, it was taken near the end of the show's run. Um, I think it might have been taken part of the final episode. I'm not entirely sure, but it was part of the show's run, and it's got all the cast and crew. It's it's one of those like I'm not sure if it was aerial or if they were just on some crane or something, but it, it, it's an up in the air shot. And uh, um, Melissa Gilbert had a copy of it that she always talks about if you get her on Little House Topics for interviews and stuff about how the whole cast signed it. Uh, And they have a copy of it now for sale in the Walnut Grove gift shop. And I got a copy of it, and I think it is really cool. It is going to get a place of honor once they get it framed in um, the TV show corner of my building. And I thought that was really neat. They also had various other cast things. Uh, their limited run t-shirts that they have been doing um, more or less steadily for oh, probably the last, at least the last five years. They just have such great designs. I love them to death. Uh, I got one of this year's and um, they, um, the other thing that I was showing all the time on my two trip videos, even though I wasn't going to Walnut Grove, was my lanyard from there. And um, they just had some great stuff, and I'm glad they had a good year, especially because if you will remember, in 2018, they were massive floods. Uh, it was it was so bad that they had already moved in some of the animals to the pageant grounds, and this was like right before the pageant was supposed to start, and uh, you know, a, a day or two. And they had to take a boat to get those animals out again because it was not safe for them to stay there because the water was still rising. Uh, it took out, uh, it, it, it was uh, in all of their storage areas. They lost a ton of stuff. They had to do a lot of repairs on electric and massively, impressively, they got to the pageant grounds clean enough that they could go ahead and do a pageant the the next weekend. Now, that was 2018. 2019, they still have not completely recovered. Uh, They still are having issues. And uh, I think it's just really impressive that they've been able to clean up as well as they have. There's still road damage around Walnut Grove because it was that whole area. And uh, I'm sure they would, uh, it, it just, they, they still have not replaced everything they lost, which is, is sad. But it's such a great event, and uh, I hope that they're able to completely recover and keep going on. And you can always give money to the pageant, whether you go or not. Uh, then, the Ingalls family headed uh, from Walnut Grove because of the grasshoppers back to Burr Oak. Now, Burr Oak has quite a bit of news for this year. And the first thing was, uh, now, if you have a museum, you have to check it periodically. Old buildings always need work. And what they discovered this year 
was that one of their upper windows had been leaking water down uh, in between the inner and outer wall. And there was a lot of very bad mold in there. And so they went to, they were kind of trying to deal with that and track it down. And they hit a four foot nest. And I very cleverly did not write down on my notes what the nest was. Uh, it was a bee, I think, a bee nest that had spread out throughout the wall. So basically, they ended up having to take down the entire exterior wall. I'm not sure if they had to take down part of the interior one, too, or not. But the entire exterior one was gone. Now, that that is okay from a historical perspective because that is where the addition was attached on. So it wasn't original anyway. But uh, they had to take that wall out, get the nest out, get the mold out, and rebuild it. And they got that done. Then they had um, a grant from, why don't I write down the name of this? I never can remember it. It's like Keep Iowa Beautiful uh, that gives grants out to historic places around Iowa so they can uh, paint their uh, buildings and they got a grant from that to paint the entire place and they um, and it looks really nice they also there was an ash tree that was in the backyard they did a lot of uh, games when they did their lower days around it and stuff but it has had it uh, basically had to come down. It had been I'm trying to remember exactly why, but it, it was dead, and they had to clear it down. So they uh, cut it down. They managed to uh, chop a bunch of it up, so now they have nicely um, covered growing area right there by the hotel and with wood chips. And they also got some bigger pieces out of it. But unfortunately, the tree back there is gone, which really kind of opens up that area a lot. Uh, they also have the uh, bell that was in the church they attended while they lived in Baroque. And I'm not sure that might have been last year that they got it. Um, but this was the first time I saw it. And it's in like a little belfry on the ground, which is super nice. And they also got uh, the Mercantile Museum, or, or the Mercantile Building, I guess I should call it. That, um, before the main road going to and from Minnesota and Decorah was, ox, was uh, straightened out on the highway when it came through an oxbow, and it was more of a market town situation there were a couple of general stores in uh, Baroque. And one of them was a mercantile building, which is on the corner. Uh, as you come into Baroque, the whole town is kind of divided along the two main roads in town, actually the two main roads coming from the highway. Um, and and the, where those cross on the corner closest to the Master's Hotel is this mercantile. Now, when I first started going to Baroque, 
it was a restaurant and post office in town and a couple other things. And it continued along as a restaurant. And then it was a restaurant and an antique store. And, um, uh, you know, it, it worked along for a while. And then it was just a closed up building for years and years. And then Freneva Brimacombe bought it. Now, Freneva is a former director of the Loringles Wilder Park Museum there in Baroque. And her husband, uh, Robert, was really, well, Bob, was really instrumental in doing a lot of uh, maintenance work, getting uh, display cabinets up, all sorts of things like that. He passed away a number of years back, the year I went to on the bus trip out to Malone, actually, because he was supposed to go with us, and then he had passed on first, which is sad. But anyway, Freneva uh, uh, bought this uh, building, and it was her thought that she could turn it into a bed and breakfast, which I think would have been a great idea. Uh, there would have been a space in the bottom that they could you know, run out and do things. There could have been bedrooms upstairs. If you can get people to spend the night in the town, it really ups the amount of money they spend in the town, which, let's face it, Laura, towns are small enough that that really can make a difference. And um, it, But unfortunately, it just kind of sat there. If, if Bob had still been around, I think there would have been more action on it than there actually was. And after many years... Uh, Freneva realized she just was not going to be able to finish it, and so she donated it in her and Bob's name to the uh, museum. Now, what they're hoping to do is use that uh, first as a starting place for tours because they've decided now to start with a small video and to have a place for that, to have a place for bus tours, which they had been trying to get for quite a while, um, and also a place to display Baroque and the area-related stuff that wasn't to do with Laura specifically, and to have a bigger space for the gift shop, as I understand it. Those, those plans are fluid, and they may well change, but uh, lots of big hopes for that, and it's great that the museum owns it now. So then we head back to Baroque and on to DeSmet. Uh, now, DeSmet, I want to mention, has uh, changed their policy. Now, they changed this not in 2019, but in 2018. I have not yet gotten pictures of the inside of the houses. They haven't gotten back there when they were open. But the, you can now take photos inside the houses. You cannot take photos inside their museum area, but you can take them inside the houses, which I think is great, and I hope to get pictures as soon as I can get there. I am not sure when that's going to be, but I'm really, really hoping. Uh, they also this year put up a cover um, no I guess that would have been last year too that they got a cover for their covered wagon uh, a shelter for it 
um, kind of keep it in better shape. Uh, they had gotten some uh, new things for the gift shop, including uh, some specially made punch lanterns that Kitty Latane made for them. And uh, she modeled them on her 150-year for Laura lantern. And uh, I just uh, think they're absolutely lovely. I've seen some pictures online. I've got a picture in my 2019 Laura Christmas shopping post, so look them up. Uh, the Ingalls Homestead, also in descent, uh, is... It has had, I think, um, a, another good year. There have also been flooding problems around Smet. Now, um, when it rains in that kind of area of South Dakota, it really rains, and it normally does it for a couple years in a row. So while 2000 18 was really wet and floody. 2019 was also really wet and floody. So they've been having to deal with that, but the Ingalls Homestead really is all high and dry, and it's it's fine. Some roads around the area were closed, are still closed, but um, the there is not a problem getting to the Ingalls Homestead. Uh, they oh, and there's plenty to, to see. And after many years of me fussing that I thought they should get some luggage tags because one of my favorite things from Disney was that they have like Mickey Mouse Disney uh, luggage tags. There are now Ingalls Homestead luggage tags. And that's shown on my uh, 2019 Christmas shopping list too. And I think everybody ought to get some just because I think they are awesome. Now, I also found out that the rest area visitor centers have closed in South Dakota, or at least most of them have, which is really sad because those were super helpful and so much of South Dakota, uh, I mean, tourism is a major thing and a major industry in South Dakota. And I think it's going to be a big loss. And I think a lot of the visitors to DeSmet found out that there were things to do in DeSmet through those visitor areas. And I, I'm just sorry to hear it. This seems to be a growing trend of closing down non-commercial uh, rest areas, which is a horrible idea because um, there, these areas do not get enough traffic to support commercial ones. Uh, and there, I mean, some areas of the country you can. If you're going along I-80 or I-90, there are certain places where you could have a commercial one, sure, but there's a lot of these that really, no, they, they, they would not support anything commercially, at least not long-term, and um, it's really a bad sign because public restrooms, people sort of take them for granted now, uh, 
but it used to be kind of hard to find a public restroom in town. Um, my mom always talks about when she was little, you a lot of times would go to the restroom at the, the uh, town hall or the county courthouse because those would have public restrooms that were available. And we do not want to get back in that situation. Unfortunately, Iowa has also been looking at close, and other, other states have too. Um, it's a terrible idea to save money, and I hope they change their minds. But otherwise, tell everybody you know about the cement so uh, they know to go without waiting for that. Now, DeSmet moved on, or from DeSmet, the family moved on to Spring Valley. Uh, I, they also had a new uh, director in the last couple years, and um, I don't think that's really seen them have any changes. I do know that the uh, Almanza Wilder bike ride which I always thought was kind of awesome because the bikers weren't trying to go as fast as they could on paved roads that there are cars on, but they were going on gravel roads and making it a challenge. And I really think that's such a better model. Um, I mean, it's certainly not the only one. But anyway, uh, they used to sort of center around Spring Valley and, uh, in fact, I have a uh, water bottle from there that says, you know, Balmanza 100. They used to sell in the gift shop. Now they're kind of centered in an area a little further uh, away from Spring Valley and not really connected with them at all, although it's still around and it's still in the same area and a, well, a similar area. And if you are a bicyclist, I think you really would like to try it. And that gets us down to Mansfield. Uh, Mansfield uh, this year moved Wilder Days to the home site. And there actually was more in town yet than I realized. Because they had like a car show and some stuff going on. And when I drove out on Saturday, uh, I did not expect to see as many things in downtown as there were. So downtown has not completely disappeared from the wilder days, but the majority of events have moved out to the farm and to the rock house. So there are things going on both things, both days. Uh, they started really, I mean, there were a few things going on, but the event really started about noon on Friday. Um, it didn't actually start really as well as it should have, but um, it was overall they got going, and um, the only real problem was uh, they had a couple of methods to get people from the Rock House to Rocky Ridge and back again because there were things scheduled at one and things scheduled at the other, and you might want to do one or the other and apparently people today are if the path is really where Laura and uh, Rose had it they are not as up to 
crossing the hill as Laura was. Uh, so they've so what they had for uh, transportation between the two, they added some golf carts and I think, uh, and they also have a uh, people mover with a tractor. And I think they're going to have plans to um, in, improve that next time. But I think it worked really well for the most part. And um, the one real problem with it from the people I talked to and heard talking was that you needed to start at the, uh, the new museum. And as it looks like the main entrance is through Rocky Ridge and you park right across from Rocky Ridge, um, it really wasn't great to have to go down to the museum first. So uh, hopefully they'll be able to get uh, and deal, come up with a new plan next year for uh, how they show admissions. But for the most part, it went really great. Um, they also started an entertainment package, which uh, besides having, um, well, well, it had a couple different things, and it had the pageant, and it had a dinner in town, which was very good, and uh, I recommend getting that entertainment package if you were going during the pageant. Uh, not too many people seem to have heard about it, but uh, like I said, it was really nice, and I recommend you try it. Uh, they also had decided that this was the year of Rose, and they had a special Rose-centric tour. And I unfortunately did not get to go on that because I would like to have heard what they said, uh, but there was a big focus on it. Now, as far as I know, they aren't going to have that same theme next year. I'm not sure if they're going to have a different one. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. One thing people were really disappointed in, and I was disappointed in, is they weren't able to have the second floor of Rocky Ridge open. Now, that was because they'd had a fire inspector come through and say, uh, no, I don't think so, um, because there's really that just the one way up and down and not really a modern system of uh, firefighting. I really, I know there, there are laws and laws to protect people. In this particular case, I think there was enough ways that you could have gotten somebody down if you really needed to, but it was uh, like two weeks before the event, so uh, they didn't really have much to do with it. It might have even been sooner than that, but it was right right before the event, real close. And so they weren't able to do anything. So there may be um, a second way into the museum added, that door that leads to nowhere that's right above the, the porch, maybe getting staircase to it. I don't know that for sure, but um, it's some way, it's something that they might do. But they will have to do something before they let anybody go upstairs again as part of a tour. 
another thing that they did was um, they had the Just Mirror Club, which was uh, how they handle it there is it's more of kind of a uh, craft or skill during one day. And uh, the previous year they had had a whole bunch of them. The last couple of years they'd had a whole bunch of them. Last year they only had one. They also have a uh, conservator on the staff now who had been there as an intern, I think from the Missouri State, but I'm not 100% sure on that, but she'd been there as an intern and they were able to get the funds to hire her full-time. So you're going to be seeing more um, preservation and uh, restoration of various things that she's kind of spearheading. And it's nice that that she's in there now. Uh, There is also uh, the Children's Literature Festival, uh, which was held in conjunction to the Marshfield Cherry Blossom Festival. Now, uh, Marshfield has built up this event with national-level speakers. Uh, I mean, like, Laura Bush was the keynote speaker one year. Uh, that, that was the uh, year I think she was down there taking, you know, I don't know if that's the year she had the pictures in Mansfield or not. But anyway, you, you know, she was one of the speakers and uh, they have a lot of actors from television shows and um, figures about policy and history and um, the descendants of presidents talking about their families, all sorts of things. I really would like to get there. I really have no idea how they got this built up because it's just they have done a phenomenal job. They have had uh, people from the Little House in the Prairie cast go several times now uh, and have a sort of a, a fundraising event for the museum there. Uh, as part of it, uh, and this time they had the Children's Literature Festival where they were inviting people to come out and uh, meet children's authors and tour the house and museum, and that was sort of piggybacked on to the Cherry Blossom Festival this time, and borrowing from the next episode when we say what's ahead, it's going to be moved to a completely different time. Uh, for this coming year, they were very uh, pleased with the turnout and are hopeful that moving it will uh, encourage more people to come. But it's going to be right on uh, the home site. They had the most gorgeous shirts this year. I loved them to death. Uh, and it is worth it just to get one of those T-shirts. They are gorgeous. Um And then they also have reworked the uh, pageant. Uh, As you know, if you've been listening to me very much, I love the music of the pageant they do in Mansfield. I mean, you hear it once and the song stays in your head. Mansfield, the Gemini Ozarks, 
farmer boy <laughs> name cards. It's just, it, they're great. And uh, they, they do have a CD of it. I think it's still available. I was telling them, though, my car doesn't have a CD anymore. They need to do it as a download set. And I hope they do. It also has seats with the best back support of any of the Laura home sites, which uh, if you're sitting there for an hour and a half, makes a big difference. Uh, it's really a nice setup, very professional stage. And uh, they do have this thing where they change out who plays characters during the course of it. They, they don't change out everybody, but they change out some of them so you don't have to memorize as much, which means you have to pay a little bit more attention to know who's who, but um, still a great play. Now they have changed it. Now previously, they very cleverly, and I loved this, they played off of the only known recording of Laura's voice and had uh, an unnamed, I can't remember if they said she was a librarian or not. They had an unnamed woman who was clearly supposed to be Dosia Holland, but they never said she was Dosia Holland. And uh, interviewing Laura. And as she interviewed Laura, it would remind Laura of something and then you'd see that scene played out. Uh, they were in a small area to the left and then they acted it out to the right. They have since reworked that in the last couple years to have old Laura telling her story. Now that makes three out of three pageants that despite the fact all three of them started out with a different idea how to do the pageant, how to kick it off, they now all three are old Laura telling her story. And I really, really wish they hadn't done that. Um, it was, it was better for each pageant to have their own take on it. And I am sorry um, that they reworked it. But they did not get rid of any of the songs. And just for the Laura songs alone, it is well worth being the Mansfield pageant, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Now, the last thing from Mansfield is kind of sad from, from my point of view. Now, for years and years and years, decades, 1960s through, and, and I'm not sure because I, I haven't been there in 10 years, um, it, it was... Uh, but sometime between when I was there 10 years ago and this time, they stopped having the Charlotte doll design that they'd had from the 60s, which, as I always told people, their Charlotte doll was the closest to Charlotte as you were going to get. Um, it had shoe button eyes. It had the uh, black hair that was real wool and had been... Um, curled by being braided. Uh, it was the right size for a rag doll. Um, they had a tendency to add rick rack, which really was more 60s than anything else. Um, but other than that, they were just gorgeous, perfect sharp. 
dolls. And I have a couple of them, and I love them to death. And as much as I like some of the people who gave me the other Laura dolls, if I could only keep one Laura, one uh, Charlotte doll, it would be one of theirs because it was just perfect. And they have quit making it. And they now have one that um, is larger. It sits up and its hair is felt. It's very cute. But I think they just went from having the most accurate Charlotte doll to having the least accurate Charlotte doll, which really hurts my heart because they were so gorgeous. I loved those Charlotte dolls so much. But anyway, uh, they're, they're a new design. So if you haven't gotten a, a Charlotte doll from Mansfield in the last couple of years, they are a uh, new design. They also have one that has brown hair instead of black. Uh, it, otherwise, it's very similar, and that is a Laura doll. They're nice and big dolls, and you might well like them. I want the one from the 60s again. Oh, uh, speaking of which, I just did a video. It isn't up yet of... Um, the stuff I got in Mansfield, and I'm going to show you one of those dolls because I just got another one off of eBay, and it is awesome sauce. Uh, moving on, Hoover uh, had uh, a quilt where they asked for quilt squares from Laura fans and from Laura organizations, and they started sewing well, they had the top done together, but they had started on the quilting um, on Labor Day, and I don't, uh, don't know how that's coming. They were hoping to have it done. Um, if they don't have it done this spring, they're going to have the lady at the quilt shop who's kind of started them on this finish it up. And no word on what they're going to do with that yet. Uh, their uh, Laura Day's uh, or their well, Lauren was Wild to Remember Day, which is always Labor Day, is uh, was um, on, now on Sunday, and um, I did I presented there and I did a new version of my uh, program, Lauren was Wilder a Long Way Home, and I had changed some things around for that one. And since I got home, I have changed out 15 pictures. So this year, A Long Way Home is going to be all new, all better. And I'm still looking at changing some of those out. Uh, it is now up on the Hoover YouTube channel. So if you want to see my presentation, you can sure find both that one and my Laura Ingalls Wilder Christmas uh, presentation, which I had done a number of years ago, both on the Herbert Hoover Presidential uh, web or YouTube page. Uh, let's see. The other big thing is, was Prairie Fires. Uh, this year, Prairie Fires won uh, the Pulitzer Prize in bi Biography for 2018. So you have to wait for the year to be over to present it. So it was the award for 2018 but she actually got it in 2019. Uh, it was also uh, the National Book Critics' Choice for Biography 
Uh, it uh, won the Poltark Award, which I think I just mispronounced, but he's the father of history. Um, and uh, the Heartland Prize. So it won a, it won, won a lot of awards. Uh, John Miller uh, came up with the response. Now, it was published in the Middle West Review, Volume 6, Numbers 1 to 2, uh, Fall, Spring, 2019-2020. And I highly recommend, if, if you like Prairie Fires, if you didn't like Prairie Fires, look for this uh, journal article. You are going to want to read it. Uh, it um, I'm not sure if you're going to have an easy time getting it from the library, interlibrary loan, but you can also get it by joining the Midwest History Association and then uh, that's one of the, the journal articles that they put out in their publication. Uh, I should also mention before we move on from Prairie Fires that the, um, that the Sioux Falls had a one book where the entire city reads a book and then they have events around that. They had, uh, well, Caroline, they did Prairie Fires, they had Caroline Frazier out for the big finale and they had me do a program out there, which I loved, and they had a bunch of people, and it was really great, and I think they enjoyed it, too. Uh, see. Uh, the Allison Ingram has, uh, from the TV show, she played Nellie Olson, put out a good news video show on Facebook. It is, I believe, every Thursday. And it is a lot of fun. I think you might enjoy that, too. Uh, Baby Grace came out with a book, The Prairie Devotional. Um, her actress's name is Wendy Lou Lee. She talks about um, an issue, a health issue she had, uh, the, the television show, and it's also a devotional. So there's, like, um, something to pray about. Every day, if you like devotionals and the TV show, this book is by, is for you. There's an, uh, another book that came out that is in graphic novel style, and it is called Credo, the Rose Wilder Lane Story by Peter Bagg, B-A-G-G-E. Uh, it also has a very nice section at the end of explaining where he got what he wrote up the stuff. Personally, uh, I think there's there's a couple things I don't think he really got about Rose. I, I still haven't written a full review because I'm still thinking about it. Because I started out thinking this was the best biography of Rose that I had read yet, even if it was in the graphic format. But as the further I got along in it, it, it really didn't hold up. There were well, wait and read my review, but it, it's certainly worth reading. Uh, he has no idea about all about Laura, and um, I have some things I'll say about that in the review, too, but his take on Laura is preposterous. His take on Rose is pretty good, if not fully rounded. So recommend that one. Uh, they also, if for the TV show, have started an event out in Burbank, California, Little Christmas on the Prairie. 
Uh, I didn't get a lot of notice of that one this year, but uh, they've done it two years now, and hopefully they will be continuing to do that. It is right around Christmas time in December. Uh, I double-checked with them. They do not have a date for next year yet. Um, The Little House on the Prairie, the musical, has come out and uh, released the rights. They, for a long time, hadn't done that. You hadn't been able to buy rights for a local production. Now that they have, they've pretty much given up on ever having it be a Broadway show, at least in the near future, but you can buy the rights for a local production. Tell your local theaters, put it on, because I would love to see how a local theater handled that, because it had so much with its set dressing. The American Masters is in filming. They have at least 150 hours of film. Uh, They were at the Laura Conference in Wisconsin. They were at, uh, they've been to Baroque, they've been to Mansfield, they've been to Pepin. And um, so far, at least, I have a good feeling about that. They were all over Mansfield when we were there. Uh, And I got to talk to them some, and it was really interesting. Uh, I am glad I put in extra time. It's taking me longer than I thought I would. Uh, Trundle Bed Tales, uh, one of the things I, or I have my video channel, YouTube channel really going again. Uh, I started a new series of videos, unboxing videos. So when I order things from our fan sites or if I shop it there, uh, I'm going to show you what I got, which I think is cool. I've got my trip from Pepin. Uh, nearly completed. I have one more video of that uh, to post, and then I'll have the entire Pepin trip up, and I am ready to go on the Mansfield trip, and hopefully that will work out well. Um, I have not been updating Vimeo. I started out, and it said I was basically out of space, and I'm going to have to go in and delete some older videos or bite the bullet and subscribe uh, to their paid system. Um, we talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, the, I had tried to do West from Home as a thing on Twitter that uh, was uh, reading one day at a time, and it just starts bad here. It starts at a bad time of year, and I was not able to complete that. I'm going to try again this year. Um, the Laura Palooza Conference, besides having a nice meeting, also donated a bunch of money, uh, $1,640 to Pepin, $500 to Baroque, $500 to Keystone, and $500 to Spring Valley. I didn't mention anything from Malone or Keystone because I really don't have – a good um, catch-up for the end of the year there, but uh, you're going to hear me talking especially about Keystone and Laura ahead. This is going to be a big year for Keystone, and if you have never planned a trip out there, uh, Keystone is right next to Mount Rushmore, and I hope I see you there. And I talked the entire time I had set aside. I thought, sure, I was going to have to end early, but I think I hit everything I wanted to talk about. Uh, thank you for joining us today on Trundle Bed Tales. I hope you thought this was 
a good roundup of the year. And if you don't, feel free to contact me on social media or comment on the podcast here, there, or everywhere. And um, check back with me uh, pretty soon about what lies ahead for 2020. So thank you for joining me. And remember to brighten the corner where you are. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.